Welcome to the Storyteller Series Nigeria. This is episode 10 and I'm your host, Funola Oshinupebi. The Storyteller Series collects stories from Nigerians of all ages and backgrounds. This episode features two stories from our live show on August 11, 2018, which was themed Journeys. Storytellers gathered round to share stories of travel, emotional or physical, or both. Before we go to the stories, I'd like our listeners to please go ahead and make sure they don't miss a single episode as it comes out. If you're listening on SoundCloud, go ahead and follow us and like us. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, subscribe and please leave a rating. It doesn't take long, but it makes a huge difference to us. You can also like us at ABJ Storyteller. That's ABJ Storyteller on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you'll be in Abuja on October 6th, 2018, Please get tickets for our next show on the storytellerng.org slash events. The thing for that show will be Wahala. Now on to the show. Our first storyteller is Dakwa Oyewole. Dakwa is a speaker, author, a fellow of the Aspen Institute and a Yale World Fellow. I love the story he shared about traveling with a baby. Good evening, everyone. Uh, great to be here. Um, it all started at Ethereum Terminal 5, um, gate, 30, gate B36, to be precise. In my wisdom, I decided to bring my one-year-old son back to Nigeria for the first time. His mom had been taking care of him for a year in the UK. She had been on maternity leave. She was going back to work. So. I thought, look, okay, I'm working in Abuja. Instead of sending him off to a nursery where he's been taking care of strangers, I'll take my son home. Besides, this is the best time for a son and a father to bond. So I thought this might be the time when, you know, we can become friends before he becomes a really rebellious teenager. <laughs> and I thought this was a really great idea until I started boarding the flight to Nigeria, BA. I remember we stood on the queue. And right from the, when we stood on the queue, I got a crash intense course on how Nigerians can speak with their faces very loudly without saying a word. <laughs> I saw all kinds of faces. Some faces looked at me in an accusing way. Some looked at me with sympathy. Some with empathy. Some with solidarity. <laughs> Some faces asked questions. Some faces answered those questions by themselves. <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, the flight was fine until about an hour in between. We had sat down, my one-year-old son, I don't know how they do this, I think there's a new sort of seventh sense called swipe. It's as if they're born with it now. Immediately he sat down, he looked at the screen and started trying to swipe. I don't know how he could figure that out. I didn't get on a plane until I was a teenager anyway. And um, in that same few minutes, he had figured out how to open and close the window. So he kept on doing that all, th all through. But then he got tired. And I know when my son is about to sleep, he starts scratching his eyes, the pace sort of slows down a little bit, his voice calms down, and I know what to do. I find a nice, comfortable stuff for, um, space for him on my chest. I start stroking his back softly, I start humming slowly, and just touching the, touching the back of his head. And I know that before you know it, he'll be asleep. I just got into stage one. I put in my arm, and I was just trying to find, okay, what's your spot, what's your spot? And then he started sort of you know, slowing down, Somebody just poked me from the back, poke, poke, poke. Obviously, I had to turn, so obviously he woke up. And I looked back and I said, oh, what's the problem? She said, 
he is trying to sleep. I was like, no shock, Sherlock. <laughs> you just woke him up. <laughs> but anyway, put him back to sleep. We had a great flight. But honestly, if, if, if what I saw on the plane were just faces, when I landed in Nigeria, those faces, they found voices. <laughs> the minute I landed, the first immigration lady that waits for you right after the escalator, she looked at me, ah, fine boy, fine boy, oh, fine boy. Then she looked over my shoulder. She looked over the other shoulder. Then she looked at me, where's the mother? <laughs> so me too now, I looked over my shoulder. I looked over my shoulder. Obviously, she's not here. I said, hmm, okay. Before she said anything, I just kept on moving. I got on the queue, and I noticed that when any other nursing mother had a baby, because I had him strapped onto me on a carrier, right? Came in, they would ask her to go sit down in a corner, and then they'll process. But they left me standing there with my baby. As if, and I was just contemplating this, thinking, okay, shouldn't all rules apply? The next thing, from the corner of my eye, I just saw one immigration man sauntering over. You know, that he had this cheeky glint in his eye, like, you know, someone that is about to crack a joke and they're already laughing at it in their own heads before they crack it. <laughs> he walked over. Afternoon, sir. I mean, morning, sir. I said, oh, morning, how are you? He said, ah, well, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, such a fine boy. Coots, coots, coots boy. You know? <laughs> I said, thank you very much. He looked at him. He looked at me again. He said, eh. <laughs> then all of a sudden, his face changed and became really, really solemn and sober. And he looked at me and said, do you know what he said? Where's his mother? So by now, I'd gotten an audience, right? Everybody had seen that immigration officers were coming to me. I was like, well, okay, if you give me the pulpit, I'm just going to use it, right? So, and I knew everybody was listening. So I was like, so what is wrong with a man traveling with his son? What is wrong with a man taking care of his son? What is wrong with a man carrying his son? The man looked at me, and then some people were like, mm-hmm, yes, it's true, it's true, you know? So the man looked at me. And he realized that, well, he didn't have backing. So he sort of pulled back a little bit. Then I called him and said, when people like you stop asking people quite like me this kind of question, as if it is a strange thing to see a man taking care of his son, maybe things will begin to change. Ah, some people started clapping. Yes, 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 absolutely. But there was one group of men in the corner. They were giving me one eye as if it would catch you outside. <laughs> anyway, so... He left with his uh, tails tucked in between his tail. I mean, with his legs until tail tucked in between his legs. <laughs> and what everybody didn't realize that this was a really special moment for me. At that same airport about a year before, I just landed standing in the same space and I just put on my phone and I just saw a message. Your son has been born. Now, I'd been at the hospital the day before they said, oh, everything is fine. You know, we don't expect him for a few weeks. At 10.35, I still called to check in. We took off. I landed, and my son was born. So for me, it was a sort of completing a circle, because what happened that day is I literally just got off the plane, took my luggage, bought another ticket, and went straight back to England, you know, all the way back. So it was a full circle to be back here finally with this young man. He's healed, he's hearty, he's strong, he's brilliant, he's cool. You know? <laughs> but one thing that dawned on me at that moment is that this is really what women have been going through for centuries. Discrimination, exclusion, 
the assumption that there's certain things you want to do and you, you, but you can't do just because you're a certain gender. And I looked at my son and I said, well, son, if I take good care of you and pay attention to you, and you take good care of your son and pay good attention to him, and everyone sees us caring for one another, then maybe things will begin to change. But just as I was just, you know, you know, enjoying the moment, from the corner of my eye, I just saw one lady coming tall. Immigration uniform, lots of tassels and stripes. She walked over. Can I see your passport? I said, good afternoon, good morning, man. Hey, hey, good morning. Handsome boy. I said, excuse me? Handsome boy. Okay, he's handsome. Oh, thank you very much. She looked at the passport, looked at me, looked at the boy. Guess the question she asked me. Thank you very much. Our second storyteller for this episode is Taylor Odeje. He's a chef and a writer based in Abuja. This story of him facing down injustice also manages to be quite hilarious. I'm Chef Taylor, by the way. <laughs> okay, this happened last year. I just finished my NYC program and decided to stay one more day in Yola. You all know the whole Boko Haram situation in Yola and how the whole security challenges. In fact, you're actually the first set of core members to go to Yola and camp in Yola in four years. So they really know, really pampered us and, and everything. And the whole 30 days ended, or three weeks ended rather, and we had to head back to Lagos. So I booked a flight on, on Medview Airlines. And the flight usually comes from Yola, Abuja, Abuja, Lagos, so it transits. So I left my hotel on Tuesday morning, the next day. Very early in the morning, I went to the airport and told them, you know what, how about I break my trip to Abuja? So I lay over in Abuja rather than go to Lagos. But I wasn't so sure because I had most of my stuff in Lagos and I had to move them to Abuja. But I was like, you know what, how about I just stay in Abuja since I was redeploying and all of those stuff. And I don't have to, you know, short time rest. I'll still contemplate. I say, you know what, hold on. Let me get back to my hotel, get my stuff, and I'll come back and let you know. Unknowingly, the Oversabi of a front desk guy broke the ticket. So I got to the hotel, came back to the airport, and okay, no, okay, can I get my boarding pass to Lagos? I'm not going to you know, break my trip again. Like, oh, yeah, I did now. Should I told him to break my trip. I'm like, I did not say break the chip. Okay, what's going to happen next? I'd have to buy another ticket. Or upgrade my ticket, rather, to the next available category. Since it's Yola, you had very few flights. Eric was being very Jabajanti's one kind of way. So everybody rushes the only airline, next airline available. In fact, Eric Air canceled flight nonstop for other passengers. Another core member was already stranded in Yola and trying to find a way to scramble to get on a major flight. So I did, 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 and the next available price was economy, but for the price of business. So as a core member, all your relations and all your friends, everybody has sent you so much money while you're in camp and I saved, thinking I'll come and do big boy in Abuja when I get back. And angrily, I had to pay for the difference. So I was already upset. My friends didn't even think I'll probably you know, meet up with the flights, whatever it is. So the rest of my friends who were on the Eric flight already you know back, had to extend their stay in, in Yola. So I go in and waited, the plane, as usual, on Niger Airlines, it delayed the flight slightly, and the plane landed. So we're going to board. And the interesting thing happened. They overbooked their flight. So we got there, and we're trying to, you know, me, I was at the back with my headphones, 
I want my NYC shirt, my denim, and my Chelsea boots, feeling all fly, all funky, fine boy and shit, you know, sorry for swearing. And the next thing is, on getting there, they're like, oh, because there's someone else buying my ticket. Some of you know, these airport guys, now they're like all over the counter. So they had recognized me earlier thinking I paid for business class. So they wanted to now go and, okay, where's that guy? They called me, like, oh yeah, where's your ticket? Like a business class. Me, I'd already started suspecting something was happening. I say yes, yes, it's the same thing. And they collected my ticket. I went next, like, I know it's, it's economy. They did not explain anything. They did not say anything. They were already wanting to lock the, the doors of the plane. I'm like, wait, what is, what is going on here? Well, about three of us, me and two of my friends, who were in OBS together. And I'm like, what is happening here? Nobody's saying anything. I know Nigeria's airline. Once they, that plane goes on your own, that ticket is gone. They'll just, they'll just abandon. I'm like, what? They're already trying to push us out of the, out of the, the tarmac. And next, I just told my friend, the girl, I just gave her my phone, start recording. And I went to the front of the plane, and I laid down there. I said, this plane is not moving anywhere until you come and explain to me what is happening. They thought I was joking. The airport security guys were there watching, and I was there. And I, and I gave her my phone. I told her, keep recording. And I remember, like, the, I think he was a Spanish pilot. He was watching, like, okay, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, Yola. This Boko Haram, you're in the northeast, everywhere. There's already extra tension, and this one light-skinned dude is coming to lie down in front of a plane from stopping from taking off. The drama has started. We're there now. I'm like, I'm not leaving anywhere. I said, come and explain to me. Tell me what is going on. The best thing, the, what you're supposed to do is, okay, overbook the flight, apologies, get me a hotel, check me in, and put me on the next available flight out of Yola. But no, they're not ready to do that. They weren't ready, no one bit. So I was there, I laid down. I laid down, I was in my heart, my heart was beast. I was like, boom, boom, I'm like, hey, anything can happen to me here. But I'm going to lie down there. I told my friend to record. Next thing we knew, the airport security already there. They're already dragging, like four people, they raised me. They were dragging, I was struck, like, I'm not going anywhere, explain. I'm peacefully protesting, English, nothing. They did, 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 did. I said, I was not going, I told my friend to keep recording. It got interesting right now because now I, I have a law degree. So I'm trying to not do the enforce my rights. At the same time, I know what it's like to be in Nigeria in that kind of situation. So I stayed there. And I told them, you guys will not see the last of it. I told them, because I somewhat have some level of social media following. I'm like, I'm going to drag you guys. I'll digress a bit. This trait is coming from my mom. She always told us to always stand for our rights. And I know we are traveling sometimes, they're going on the road. You see police harassing people. My mother will stop get her phone out and ask what is happening. You get, and you know, and do the same. So I was ready to battle. I was there, the, 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 the female, my friend, she was ready crying. She's like, what is all this? What is happening? This is not fair. The other guy there was, he did not know what's happening. He was just, you know, anywhere. Whether you cry, whether you follow me to fight. But me, I was in the forefront. I was like, record, and they already dragging phones. They took my, the guy's phone, they already smashed his, his iPhone because he was recording, they're not ready. They removed their, they attacked, but me, I like, come in, comes. I said, this plane is not taking off until they tell me what is happening. They drag me, I fall down, they bruise me. I was not ready to leave the plane. At a point, the pilot brought out his hand, I was, he was giving me thumbs up because he was seeing what is happening. Because apparently, something that has been happening. And the next thing now, the guys at the tower were seeing, and they're like, what is happening? So the next thing, military guys swooped in, came with their, because they entered the tarmac with the whole, everything, thinking it was like an actual threat. I'm like, what is going on, going on? When I saw the military guys, my head calmed down small. <laughs> because I was like, now they'll take me and Boko Haram. Anything can happen. 
So the guys were like, what is going on? And one of the, I think it was the captain, he held me. He was like, yo, what is this? Calm down. This is your jacket. And I was like, oh, God, they overbooked their flight. They know, I was like, you know, Formula Bougie and everything. So he now come like, oh, he said the airlines are full. That's when I said, I said, yes, I started the miracle walking God. Because the next thing now is, apparently a few days back, they did the same thing to the Brigadier General. They overbooked their flights. I wanted to do this. But it's a big man. I know Nigeria, just mm, let's go. So they now want to use the opportunity right now to fight for the rights of their, of their beginner agenda, I say yes, this battle were ready. I took my, an, an interesting thing now is that they were ready to leave. Our luggage already checked into the plane. So you can imagine they would have taken off with our luggages, abandoned us in Yola, probably stranded, we'll get to Lagos, we'll now have to start doing the whole battle of luggage and everything again from square one. I mean, I wasn't ready to have any of it. So we're there at the tarmac for a while, it was over an hour. Because I told them that plane is not leaving until I get answers. And I was happy I, I got the results I wanted. I stood there, and the next thing, after a while, they like got the other guys. I think accident bureau investigation guys, they came out. One guy with his oversized suit with the, you know, with that pad like this. He was like, what is happening? Brother, paper, this, this, that, that, that. I'm like, yes, I'm just a copper. All I did was to serve my nation. What is this, this, that, 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 that. And I told my friend to keep recording. She, she was just crying. If you look, I noticed if you sometimes like I was on the blogs and the news and everywhere, you notice the videos were like everywhere and like call members, that trending story. Yes, I was a call member. But she, she was just crying. She was confused whether to record or like this or like, and all over the place. And the next thing, not so long, they finally brought out the luggage. And like, okay, what's going to happen? You brought the luggage out, what next? They're not trying to scramble and the rest. And the post security guys were still trying to form strong head and they're still trying to stop us from recording. I'm like, you would not say the last of this. Medview, I swear for you. I was just doing, you know, <laughs> gingering and shouting and swearing and everything. Finally, 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 they now opened the, I think it's a stowaway or what's it called, where they keep like the luggages. And they had to identify our bags. And they brought out our bags, and the, the station manager for the airline now came and explained, okay, finally, okay, do we go and stay in one of their junior staff house? I was like, eh? <laughs> Me that I left, just suffered in camp, went to a hotel to lie down well, to sleep proper, sleep with AC. You now tell me to go and share um, in somebody's house. I say, it's not going to happen. I can foot my own bills, no problem. You know, you have to, in Nigeria, you have to show yourself too now. And... The next thing now, they're like, oh, you have to do all of that tussle there. The AIB guys were there, making us sign reports. They want to show that, yes, they're going to investigate it to get to the root of it. Finally, finally, the hotel we stayed before, they provided one room. Luckily enough, I already notified um, while all those happened. You know, you'll be calling and trying to form, yes, you know people. And uh, yes, I called the core members, they notified the the state coordinator and everybody, because I was somewhat very active in camp. So the coordinators come and announce, all of them are my friends. So like, I say, start calling everybody. Let's bring fire and brimstone down on the airline. You know, and that happened. They rushed to the airport. So a lot of people gathered. And really wondered what was happening. Then lo and behold, the girl up in the fire is a big lawyer. He's a lawyer for one of the big, big politicians we have in Nigeria. So they already, already called Lagos. Lagos already said calling. So there's a lot of pressure. From, from different angles already. So like, ah, these people are people that you should probably not be joking with right now. So I finally provided one room, and it was me, a guy, and a girl. Like, how are we going to do it? I'm like, you know what? We had to pay for another room for um, our female friend to stay with like the girls, and me and the guy had to share. And it's like, they provide one meal. Even though that one meal, we had to pay for the meal. And the next day, when I was taking us to the airport, I'm like, record it, I'm paying for my food. You know, still trying to do everything. This, that, 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 and we did it. 
and I just took all the videos, did a slide, wrote a very heart-touching speech, and posted on my Instagram. Kaboom! So I just dropped the bomb. Bash! Insta blog. Why Jack, this punch newspaper is calling, son is calling, everybody was calling interview. I'm like, yes, they did this to us, and this, that, 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 that. And they're writing, I said, the airline and everything. And so, at the end of the day, the whole thing just went for days. And people were calling the comment section, yes, that's my friend. Oh, that they used to do, and this, that, 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 that. And it just went and went and went and went. The airline did meeting, we got lawyers, they promised that yes, they'll do, they'll give us one year worth of flights on one of their routes. Till today. See today, tickets I did not see, but I'm still doing my boycott. But that's not my story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Storyteller Series Nigeria. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. For more information on the series and to check dates for our next live event, please follow us at ABJ Storyteller, that's one word, on Instagram, Twitter, and like our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at thestorytellerng.org. If you would like to tell a story at our next live events or submit a story to the podcast, please email info at thestorytellerng.org. Have a great day.